This week's podcast brought to you by Tattoo Tattoo. Let me ask you this, Rebecca. In our uh, daily ping pong battles between me and our son, between you and our son, is it slightly getting on your nerves when he uh, beats you and pulls out from behind a a wall kept for this purpose, a, a broom, and then starts sweeping the kitchen because he swept you in the best of three series? Well, first of all, I beat him more than he beats me. Second of all, no, it's not that him pulling out the broom. It's you have taught him to be annoying as a ping pong player. You've taught him that if he gets the first or second point to start sniffing as if the game is going to be a skunk. You have taught him to talk trash. You've taught him to be unpleasant to play against. And and I resent the heck out of it. <laughs> and and I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. So I want to run something by you. You being you, Steve, and you being our listeners as well. Did a Connecticut Sun game earlier this week. And um, a very friendly gentleman um, stopped me and uh, asked me to sign his Yukon hat, which I was happy to do. And then a little bit later, he came over to the table and he showed me a picture of a mashup, and he said, of the Yukon logo and the New York Liberty logo. And he said, you know, I started watching Yukon women when your team was playing, and then I followed and I started watching the Liberty um, in the early days. So he had this mashup of like half Liberty, half Yukon Husky Dog. And he said, that's, I have that tattoo um, on my shoulder. And I was like, oh, you know, it's really cool, he said. And uh, and then I think it was the third time he came by, he said, um, I'm going to have your signature added as a tattoo to the logo. And I said to him, I said, I don't think that's a good idea, but I do think it's a cool logo. So uh, this is news to me. I know. I hadn't told you. So you signed, what did you sign? A I piece signed of paper? his baseball hat, oh, his a baseball UConn hat. baseball hat. Yes. I was barely paying attention, right? Yes. And um, so he was going to take my signature, just bring that to the to the tattoo. Do they still call them parlors? I think it's a tattoo, tattoo parlor. shop. Yeah. And, uh, and, and at least he said, I'm going to have them add this like right next to or below the other tattoo. I discouraged him. That was the right move, right? To discourage him. <laughs> I don't think you're, you would have any sway with his body art. But um, so so the tattoo is, it's on his shoulder, did he say? It's like on the back of his right shoulder. Yeah. Um, yes. And it's uh, based on the picture, I would say it's like by a two inch by two inch ish. Like I said, like a mashup Liberty Yukon Husky Dog logo, the new one. I think it was the new one, not the old one. Well, what a what a what a moving tribute. <laughs> I suppose. I suppose. Um, it actually makes me think. Today, earlier this morning, I had already t- I took our twelve year old to get her ears pierced. She had had her ears pierced a couple of years ago, um, and then the holes that ended up closing. And so, we we got them repierced today. And she said to me. She said, do you remember when you got your ears pierced? I said, yes. I said, I was in second grade. I said, and I remember where? I said, I got them pierced in Provincetown, Mass, on Cape Cod when we were on vacation. My sister and I both got our ears pierced. And and she said, uh, oh, yeah, they have a lot of tattoo parlors and piercings out there. I said, no. I said, that, that wasn't how it was when I was a kid. Like, body art wasn't really as much of a thing then. I said, there weren't really tattoo, not many tattoo parlors. I said, and we that's not where we went to get our ears pierced. We went to like a jewelry store or whatever. Um, As you're saying this, I'm, I'm thinking of, does anybody, and of course, a quick Google search shows that 
countless people do. Does anybody have a tattoo of tattoo from Fantasy Island, Hervé Villachez? Ah, uh, yes. And, and many people do. Really? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you assume they would? No. Well, they do. I mean, if you're getting a tattoo, I understand the humor in it. But if I'm getting a tattoo, something permanently. That's the only thing I can think of I would get as a permanent tattoo. Is Hervé Villachez? As tattoo, as yes. As tattoo. Well, he was like in a little uh, white. He was in a white. White uh, tuxedo, Bogart, right? Yeah. As was Ricardo Montalban. Right. I wonder, do, why don't you look that up? Do people get Ricardo Montalban tattoos? I'm looking tattoos? at it right now. There's a Hervé Villachez, Ricardo Montalban sort of tattoo template there. It's delightful. It is. Speaking of the diminutive uh, Hervé Villachez, you, you, Ran into a uh, much taller individual at a recent uh, outing, didn't you? I did. I was in Latham, New York, which is just north of Albany. Um, not even two hours from here. New York, the New York state line is actually um, not too far. I was at a Dick's Sporting Goods um, and just doing like a meet and greet kind of a thing. And all of a sudden, I look over and I see somebody. Well, I it was recognize. a grand opening, wasn't it? Like kind of. Uh, a- like a re-grand opening or something they had new york athletes um so me from my liberty days they had uh new york giants new york yankees um i think they may have had a mets player there as well we weren't all there at the same time or of course i would know but look up and i was like this gentleman is waving at me i was like that's sam perkins (laughs) So I got up and went over and said hello and said, you know, do you live here? And he said, well, my, I don't know if he said my family's from here or my wife's family's from here. Well, I just looked up that he's from, I, I, he was from Brooklyn, obviously was on a national championship 1982 North Carolina team right. with Michael Jordan, who was born in Brooklyn. But I, what I didn't realize, he went to high school, Samuel Tilden High School in Brooklyn, but later went to high school in Latham. In Latham. That's so interesting. So it was just so bizarre because he wasn't there like doing meet and greet or anything. He was just there. Um, and he, so Kenny came by to say hello. And uh, anyway, it was really nice to see him. Um, I, I, I texted a uh, Hoops fanatic buddy of mine and said that, you know, Sam Perkins was at this thing that you were at, at, at uh, in Latham, New York. And I said, and Rebecca said he was, you know, largely unbothered. and Completely unbothered. Un- and and <laughs> buddy, I mean, by, by unbothered, I mean by other people. Yeah, yeah, my buddy. I know, my, but also he was well, my super buddy laid said, back. My buddy said, you know, he, he, if nothing else, he's six ten or six nine. Yes, he's huge. Yeah. Um, how would you know? He's super distinctive Yeah, he's yeah. Sam Perkins. You know. I know. I like that's why it took me by surprise to see him. And then there's like a line of people, and I'm sure just out of context or whatever, I was waiting for people in the line to just like say, "Forget that. Forget her. I'm gonna go over and say hello to Sam Perkins." Yes, exactly. So anyway, uh, he was super, super kind, and it was nice to see him. You, uh, you did not go unnoticed, and you certainly went unbothered because people were very nice. Um, but uh, we we had lunch in New Haven this week. Our son was at a basketball camp at Yale, and uh, and I don't know if it, I don't think it was had anything to do with basketball camp because we were we had ventured away uh, for lunch. Um, but man, you you were you were it was a high. It's like the equivalent of a good hair day in terms of a high. Um, people saying nice things to you that day. I don't know if you even know what I'm talking about. No, I do. I, I think it's because and, 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 to the, and, and to the point that when we ate lunch, the um, the um, uh, woman who took our order. First, she asked if you were you, and you confirmed that you were, and then she took an order for there were three of us. And then she asked us to repeat the order because she said apologetically she was she was still processing that it was you while we were while we were saying what we wanted to eat. Well, I think part of it is anytime we're in Connecticut, this is the state is rabid in terms of their support for UConn and UConn women's basketball. And then when I'm in the part of the state that I'm, people aren't unbothered when they see me. Um, like people are just. Uh, especially of a certain age, are just super nice and kind. It, it was funny. Our son was at uh, this camp where there was a couple of hundred kids, just a day camp that we had signed him up for. And um, and that morning after I got to the camp, I got an email and a text from somebody at ESPN saying they, were, they wanted me on um, a noon, noon Sports Center to talk about WNBA. And anytime they ask me to do that, I say yes, because 
it's great whenever um, SportsCenter is giving coverage to the WNBA. <laughs> but I was also in a gym all day. So I had to go ask um, one of the, the kids who was a college student uh, who said worked for the Yale men's program, but also was a practice player for the women. I said, is there any space I can use for 15 minutes that's quiet? Because, and then I explained why. So they found, um, they found me the trophy room, the Yale trophy room. You walk in, it's this big giant table with seats around it. And then everywhere there's just like plaques of people and trophies that go back. Who knows how does far. Yale go back to 1701? I, I mean, I think so. Probably. So I'm in there and uh, you and, and our daughter came down uh, to join me for lunch. And so <laughs> I'm in there and our daughter is going to have to do this on FaceTime because I'm, I'm not like with my home kit or anything. So our daughter is holding my phone, our, younger, our youngest daughter, our 12-year-old, holding my phone while holding her phone with the light on to try to give me um, some sort of light so that you could see me. And I just wish that there was a third party with a third phone who could have taken a picture of her doing this. Because I even noticed, and it's not her fault, but like the phone was kind of crooked. So if you're watching at home, like I sort of was the leaning tower <laughs> tilting. Um, and the Yale Trophy Room, it's like uh, raccoon coats and uh, and boater hats and felt pennants from 1927 and bula bula chants. It was a really cool thing. looking space. And like of when, when I was. first called in, um, like the people back in Bristol said, where are you? I said, I'm in the Yale Trophy Room. <laughs> like, where else would I be? <laughs> uh, so anyway, I, I appreciate that the uh, that the young man um, and the, the Yale staff were super accommodating and helpful to Did, me. Could you tell how it looked on TV? Were you, were you, um, not well lit and a little crooked, <laughs> but I think it was fine. That, that was, oh, that was the room. Um, yeah, I think you could sort of see that there were all kinds of trophy like things behind me. I mean, it was a really cool looking place. As opposed to when we met, I was well lit and a little crooked. <laughs> you remain a little crooked, sometimes well lit, sometimes not. Oh, yes, I get it. <laughs> so I'm going to run something else by you. I've already run the mashup tattoos with my signature by you. A couple weeks ago, um, or at least since our last the last time we recorded a podcast, I flew out to Minnesota to call a WNBA game. And when I first sat down, I said to you, said there's a, a young man, a boy next to me who seems super nervous, like his knee is bouncing. I wonder if he's afraid. You texted to fly. this to me, right? What's that? You texted I texted that to this me, yeah. to you. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, like a sweet young man next to me and he, he looks like super nervous. So when we were finally like just when we're landing, how often do you like only talk to the person next to you, like right when you're landing. I think that's probably 90% of the time because then- Yeah, because now you know you have an exit and- Yes, you're, you're not gonna just fall into conversation. So, um, or a lengthy conversation. So um, we just started talking and um, he was super nice. At one point when he had to get up to use the restroom, um, he like waited uh, for me to put my computer away or something. And then, you know, excuse me, would it be okay if I got up? Maybe that's why his leg was bouncing the way it was. But anyway, we start talking. He's 16 years old and he was flying out um, to Minnesota. He was going to go to Rochester. Would he have been flying to Rochester or would he have been driving from Minneapolis? Either. Either. I, I, my guess is, it, well, go ahead, tell the story. So he's, he's interested in becoming an airline pilot. That's been his goal since he was a kid. He was flying out there to spend two weeks. And I don't remember exactly what it was, if it was um, uh, like a, a flight school or if it was if it was just something related to flight. Anyway, he was going to be camping for two weeks with buddies. And um, and I just said to him, I was like, wow, uh, you know, for your parents to, like to feel comfortable with you. Um, going away for two weeks to stay with buddies. He said, oh, I've been doing it. This is my third year. He said, so I've been doing it since I was 14. He said, and it's all self-funded. So they, you know, don't really, can't really stop me or whatever. That's not how he phrased it. But I said, I said, 
self-funded. He, he said, yeah. Um, and I said, well, where do you work? And he said, well, now. It, in other words, the trip is paid for by Kansas coach Bill Self. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said, where do you work? He said, well, now that he's 16, he said, I work part-time at Stop and Shop. And I said, well, how many, how, how many days, like wh- how long do you have to work to fund this trip? And he said, probably about two months of my wages. Um, to buy. He said, but there's not a lot of overhead when you're camping. So it's mostly the the plane ticket and whatever the, the program was that he was attending. And um, and I said, said, and so you're in first class. He said, well, he said, I bought a coach ticket way back in January. He said, and the price had just continued to drop. So he said it was only like a hundred extra dollars. So I, I'm treating myself to to. F- I've never flown first class domestically before. Um, I don't think he's flown first class internationally either. But, um, but the the, I was just kind of blown away by this 16 year old who, for the past three years, has been working so that he can pursue his dream um, of at some point being an airline pilot. Well, that's why I was going to say tell the story because it's less than two hour drive, I think, to Rochester. But if you're an aviation nut, perhaps he was, you know, wanted to get on the small plane and yeah, fly there. Yeah. And so obviously his bouncing knee had nothing to do with him being nervous about flying on an airplane. I'm, I'm guessing if anything, uh, if it meant anything, it was just like an uh, excitement because he's going to be going, hanging out with buddies for a couple weeks. You don't uh, want to board a future uh, Delta long haul flight and be greeted by the pi- the nervous pilot confessing right, that he's a nervous flyer. Right. And he, he, was, he was great because he was saying... Uh, Delta's a really good airline to fly for. So is JetBlue, but JetBlue doesn't hire new, fresh pilots. You have to have experience already before they'll hire you. And uh, I said, and he's like, you know, you have to be 21 um, to be a pilot. He said, but you know, right now it's a great time because there's a pilot shortage and whatever else. So but uh, 21 to be a pilot, 25 to rent a car. Do I have that right? Yeah, actually, you are right. Um, you probably have to be 25 to rent a plane too, but. Uh, Anyway, I was just super impressed with this um, with this young man, and just thinking, "Wow, at sixteen, he's uh, he certainly has his path uh, slight, pretty his path. crystal crystal clear in his." Uh, Will you now uh, change your your uh, policy of and, and talk to people before takeoff and throughout the flight? No, I wouldn't. He Fair. was super interesting for. 15 minutes but maybe i think i i think i am even interesting for 15 minutes but not what, much longer what, than why that. am i why am i inferring a, a metaphor for our marriage uh, when you say that <laughs> no not at all and plus like a 16 year old wants to speak to somebody my age for longer than the conversation we had it was more not not it was less me not being interested in him and more me understanding that no 16-year-old wants to talk to me for longer than that short amount of time. Did he then show you his tattoo of tattoo? <laughs> he did not. Shall we get to viewer mail, Rebecca? We shall get to viewer mail. Big bad look, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. It's been a long time since we've we've done a podcast. We, the mail has piled up. It has. And... Uh, I think, I think the last podcast we did. What date did you say was that? That was the the date of a couple the podcast of weeks ago. Was July nineteenth. Okay, so I, I think that it, that it dropped. That Denny dropped it. I think while we were while we just were, over two weeks while we were recording that podcast, mm-hmm. this first viewer mail came in because when we when we finished the podcast and sent it to Denny. I saw that there was another another viewer mail on there. So, apologies that this is now um, a couple weeks old. A couple weeks old, but it's from Rachel in Idaho. Yes, Rachel writes, "Dear Rebecca and Steve, what a great event the W the WNBA put on to showcase the league, both past and present. This is the All Star Game the, she's referring yes, to. Yes, All Star Weekend is. is the header. Vegas isn't my favorite place to visit," writes Rachel, "but was worth it to enjoy the festivities. My top highlights of the weekend: one." Saying hello to Rebecca and my son meeting you too. Delightful young man. And Rachel Rachel's awesome, but I hadn't I don't I hadn't met her son before. Did, did he did he get your autograph to later apply to <laughs> He did not. Okay. 
Uh, two, watching Sabrina Ionescu put on the greatest shooting display I've ever witnessed. That was pretty amazing. But that's two after after saying hi to you. <laughs> that should be number one. Three, uh, meeting all-stars, both past and present. Uh, there's the, you follow in that Venn diagram. True. Four, spending time with my son, enjoying the game and league that I love. Rebecca, what were your top takeaways and highlights of the weekend? I hope your travels home were safe and uneventful. Regards, Rachel, parentheses, in Idaho. I think you talked about your all-star experience, did you, um, on that previous podcast? Yeah, I think I did. Um, my highlights, number one, would be... I think you had you, you had to change your flight to come home. When you're, yeah. You're, yeah, that was not a highlight. Um, but watching Sabrina do that in the in the shooting competition was pretty amazing. And um, any t- just any time I, I get to call a game with Ryan and Holly, it's it's delightful. I enjoy that so much. I enjoy those two people so much and working with them so much. But especially in an all star game kind of atmosphere where it's one hundred percent fun. You know, there's no real stakes riding on the game itself. Though there were S-T-E-A-K-S steaks. Did you not go to a steakhouse in Las Vegas? Oh, yes, Vegas? and I had a delicious steak. Yeah, they had a ESPN had a um, dinner the night before the All-Star game that I attended and uh, had a delicious steak. That's helping me with my, my iron poor blood, which I said to you last night, and I forgot to do it today. I need to buy dates. I guess dates, if you eat five dates a day, they... Um, that gives you your full complement of iron. So that's what I need to add to, not just red meat, but dates. It's been years since we've, uh, and I don't think we've ever done it more than once a year, had date night. And now every night can be date night if you're going to be pounding <laughs> dates. Date day, yes, yeah. you're right. Hi, Steve, writes uh, Matt from Fisher's Island. In the past two episodes, you've mentioned that you recently stayed at a hotel at the Minneapolis airport. That's correct. Yes. I'm curious, is that the same Holiday Inn where you met the great Alan Page in 1974? Give my best to DGS. I hope you, Rebecca, and the kids are well. Matt from Fisher's Island. Thank you, Matt. That is not the same hotel. Although, so the hotel where I met Alan Page was the airport Holiday Inn. Though it wasn't really, uh, it was, you know, a five-minute drive to the airport from there. And that low-slung classic 60s, 70s Holiday Inn is no longer I think there might be like a Holiday Inn Express or some other Holiday Inn branded hotel there because um, that whole area near the Mall of America is full of, and the airport is full of hotels. Um, but the, the building in which I met Alan Page, sadly, uh, no longer exists, although I do have a um, postcard of it back in its heyday, and um, and it was awesome. I think there's like a 747, you know, landing in the in the background. The swimming pool uh, where my buddy had a membership. You know, you could you could you could have a membership monthly membership to the pool in the summer and swim there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that's where I slept over uh, pounded milkshakes from room service because my school friend's dad was the was the innkeeper of that Holiday Inn. And I got to stay there the Saturday night before a Sunday Vikings game at that stadium and got the Vikings autographs as they came in. And um, Alan Page was my favorite player and signed, signed my Alan Page jersey. But no, the hotel that we've stayed at the Minneapolis airport is the hotel that's actually connected to the Minneapolis airport, although you can't weirdly get from the hotel into the airport because they've never, I don't think they've ever actually opened the right, right. the connecting thing to the yeah, to security about that yeah. yeah so that's the was it intercontinental i think i think that's right yeah so i wish i wish that holiday and we're still we're still around uh this next viewer mail comes from uh midge from north carolina and midge writes um listening to the discussion of little libraries and a banned books and banned books reminded me of this 500 piece puzzle i recently received as a gift i'm happy to say that i come from a family of readers and puzzlers just like the russian and lobo household i thought this would appeal to you both and other b and c listeners prayers of comfort and positivity to dr dgs um your resident nurse practitioner midge from north carolina and the and this is a uh, the puzzle box looks like a book 
And it says Band of Books, a 500-piece puzzle. Oh, this is really cool. Uh, a percentage of the proceeds will be donated to Pen America. And uh, and it's it's a bunch of, I mean, just about any book now could qualify as a Band of Book. But, yeah. you know, here's uh, uh, The Grapes of Wrath and The Kite Runner. And this book is gay and Lord of the Flies and uh, Bridge to Terabithia, Brave New World. Anyway, that's a cool puzzle. That's a that's a good looking puzzle too. Thanks, Midge. Uh, the next viewer mail comes from uh, uh, John. He writes, "Was going to stop by and tell Rebecca in uh, Dick's late Dick's in Latham is what the, the header oh, is. Nice. Was going to stop by and tell Rebecca in person how much I enjoy the podcast. But holy cow, the restrictions are intense. So I'll just say I hope you enjoy your trip to the Capital District." And uh, he encloses a uh, I guess it was a brochure promoting your uh, appearance. Oh, and uh, Adam Graves of the uh, of the former Ranger, Adam Graves, was appearing uh, the day after you, and the Yankee great Tino Martinez was appearing um, uh, the, the day after that. I have to admit, and I, and, and can I just can I just yeah. uh, 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 marry these three things together? Yes, Rebecca Lobo on Friday. I'm literally married to her. Adam Graves on Saturday and Tino Martinez on Sunday. I once watched. Uh, a Rangers game with Adam Graves for a column at Yankee Stadium. It was the the winter classic series mm -hmm. uh, where Tino Martinez, of course, well, you know, in the old stadium had uh, had won several World Series with, with right. the Bronx Bombers. So interesting. I, I want to throw out there because you mentioned like the hard, the restrictions. I had nothing to do with whatever the restrictions were at one point. A couple like 16 year old boys came up and said, had trading cards. They said, you know, can you sign these trading cards? And the guy who was sort of supervising the event said, no, she's not signing any memorabilia. And I just looked at him and I said, I don't mind signing the cards. <laughs> so like, so that I, you know, took the cards um, and signed them. But that, I suppose that's on me. I need to be more aware of what they're telling people restrictions are. Um, and because I was delighted to meet all the people that I got to meet and to sign whatever people want to sign. You know, I've never, I, I signed uh, a guy's hat for him to turn into a I, tattoo. I was like, going to say, I understand that if you, if you were presented with a tattoo gun uh, in line and asked to sign somebody's in permanent ink, that was restricted. Yes. Denise writes, Denise in Glastonbury, resident birder. Hi, Rebecca hey, and Steve with the little red plus oh, sign. So maybe she has an answer to our question. My question. What was our question? Remember, I, I saw what I thought was a robin, what that you yeah. thought was an oriole that looked like it might be about to have a baby. Hi, Rebecca and Steve, writes Denise. Congratulations on being robin godparents. So perhaps you'll <laughs> answer. To answer some questions from last week's podcast, here are some fun facts about American robins, Connecticut's state bird. Did you know it was Connecticut's state bird? I did not. Neither did I. Now, does every state have their own distinct state bird? Because it would seem like the robin could be... State bird of a lot Everybody of states. Everybody has no? a state bird, but probably not exclusive to them. No, no, no. Not that the bird is exclusive to the state, but but like, is the robin the, only the state bird of Connecticut? Right, is what that's I'm what I mean. I can't imagine that's true. I mean, they always say in Minnesota true. that the mosquito is the state bird of Minnesota, <laughs> but I don't know what it actually is. Some fun facts, Rebecca. Are you ready? I'm ready. Robins can start building nests as soon as it's warm enough to have food available when the eggs hatch. With warming temperatures now, that could mean a start as soon as late April to early May. It takes about a week to build a nest, often in tree limbs, but also in shrubs, potted plants, outdoor lights, or shelves. That reminds me, our, our youngest painted a, a birdhouse that we'd had here for a long time in the shape of a rocket ship. Mm -hmm. And we we managed to... to uh, that was a fix project it to for a, you guys a tree day, high right? up in a tree, so yeah. it's not going to get bothered by. But so, um, so now we go out in the in the in the day and see if anybody has taken or left anything in the little free library, and uh, if any bird has uh, any sign of bird habitation in that in that bird nest, the birdhouse. So that's fun fact number one. Two, the nests usually have a mud foundation which dries to a solid bottom for the sticks and other building materials above it. This allows for usual rain drainage, but I would think a torrential and prolonged downpour could wash a nest away, and we've had plenty of those mm -hmm. lately. Okay, that makes me sad. Yep. 
The mother robin lays one egg each day, usually three or four per brood, and it takes about two weeks for the eggs to hatch and the fledglings to be able to leave the nest. The parents will feed the young for a few more days after that. Wow, one per day? Yeah. Uh, for for um, uh, usually three or four per brood. This is very much uh, akin to our experience. Four, four offspring <laughs> uh, leave the nest but, but continue to be fed. Right. Uh, then the cycle will start all, starts all over again, writes Denise. By now, your robins could be on their third or even fourth brood of the summer. As with all parenting, it can seem an unending and exhausting but rewarding calling. Your resident birder, Denise in Glastonbury. Thank you, Denise. That was wonderful. Um, I like it when bird questions come up on the... I like it even better when bird answers come up. Well, that's in. what I'm saying. I mean, I mean, it's we, so uh, great. Uh, our next viewer mail comes from George in Columbus. Hello, George in Columbus. Steve and Rebecca, like Mo Howard, I have been fortunate to make a living poking people in the eye. <laughs> well said. But after 41 years in the eye doctor business, I recently retired from the monocle dealership. What? Well, uh, congratulations, George, on your retirement. That's amazing. I hope this affords him more time for pumpkin carving. <laughs> Maybe that's his next business. That'd be pretty sweet. Despite my retirement, writes George, I'm hoping that you will allow me to maintain my status as the BNCI consultant. On a recent podcast, Steve again reviewed his reading glass situation, and I was impressed by the variety of options you have. To summarize, by my account, you have, note the arms on, gla the arms on glasses are called temples. Oh, one, this is so George is going to inventory now my, my reading glass yes. uh, collection. One, glasses with two lenses and two temples, the Schumers and the Hollies. Um, well, yes, but the hollies the hollies have have bent away from my face somehow. I think because they're in a pocket, so they're pretty much unwearable. Mm -hmm. Two gla two glasses with two, then one lens and one temple. The orphan glasses, yes, one lens and no temples. The monocle, correct. Magnifier lens attached to one temple. The jeweler's loop, correct. Telescopes attached to two lenses. The surgical loops. I have all of those. You do, and I think a couple of more actually. He's got a pretty good inventory or, or knowledge of your inventory. I only wear reading glasses when I'm wearing contacts, so that's about half the time, I'd say. Yeah. Um, so I, I should I should be all, all set for now. There's at least one combination of lenses and temples missing from this group, writes George. Actually, I've been holding this item back for the past few years, waiting to see if you would ask for it. You never did, but I am sending it now anyway. I think it will make a bully addition to your collection. What what could that be? What could it be? Could that be a... a um, a lorgnette. Do you know what a lorgnette is. is? No. I think, I think, and George will certainly correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's the thing where that's like on one stick, you know, like the, 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 the glasses, but it's on like a stick on one side, you know? Like when you go to a masquerade party? Like, 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 like when you go to, like when you're in a Looney Tunes cartoon, but you're at the opera and you're like a stuffy, you know. Oh, gotcha. But okay. then what are opera glasses? That's binoculars. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Right? So maybe maybe this is the lorgnette. Maybe, huh? Maybe I, I, I've got to Google lorgnette to see if I'm, I'm if I'm even saying the right thing. L o r g n e t e. Yes, lorgnette. A pair of glasses or opera glasses held in front of a person's eyes by a long handle at one side. Yes, that's exactly what that is. Sweet. So you think maybe that's uh... Uh, no? I mean, I I I don't know what he has he has sent, but uh, but. Uh, but I can't wait to see. Well, I'll, I'll, I hope I'm, what I'm seeing, I'm seeing through through a lorgnette. Through rose-colored glasses. Yes. Okay, our next uh, viewer mail comes from uh, Bob. Bob writes, Restiva, greetings from Chicago slash Glenview slash Elmhurst. Elmhurst being the city of my birth, Rebecca. And that's right. First and foremost, important, first and most important, best wishes to DGS and his continued recovery. Uh, we echo that. Bob, thank you. In episode 252, you spoke of something folks, quote, of a certain age would remember. Geritol ads. Maybe not as exciting as when dad brought home Sanford's rubber cement or when he slathered mercurochrome on a fresh bruise. Or, that said, as a country music fan, again of a certain age, below is a link to a 1993 song by Mary Chapin Carpenter, He Thinks He'll Keep Her, complete with a snippet of a Geritol ad as the lead-in, possibly the one you were referring to. Um, I... I I did, how did I not know that? That there was a Mary Chaving Carpenter song, He Thinks He'll Keep Her. Um, let me just 
So he, he encloses a YouTube link to the song. You know, you can find it wherever you get your music, but listen to these lyrics, Rebecca. She makes his coffee. She makes his bed. She does the laundry. She keeps him fed. When she was 29, she wore her mother's lace. She said forever with a smile on her face. She does the carpool. She PTAs, doctors and dentists. She drives all day. When she was 29, she delivered number three, and every Christmas card showed a perfect family. Everything runs right on time. Years of practice and design. Spit and polish till it shines. He thinks he'll keep her. Everything is so benign, safest place you'll ever find. God forbid you change your mind. He thinks he'll keep her. Uh, well, I'm going to be listening to this uh, as soon as we finish this podcast. Unrelated, writes Bob, the second link is to another of her songs, one where she refers to her experiences as the opening act. Keep up the good work, Bob. Bob, thanks so much. I will be uh, I will be binging Mary Chapin Carpenter um, later today. Alfred writes, uh, hello, Rebecca and Steve. In episode 253, we heard that Rebecca occasionally uses the S word. Maybe you use other adult language too. Bravo for you sparing use of it. A bleep for your sparing use of it. A bleep every couple of hundred episodes is good. I'm not actually sure why, but it makes us like you more. Maybe it adds depth to our impression. Keep on being you. Sincerely, Alfred. Well, that's nice. <laughs> what is? Of course it is. Huh? Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Who needs uh, gratuitous profanity on the podcast? Well, I mean, nobody. It's it's God knows it's it's uh, flourishes elsewhere in the house at other times, but uh, we'll spare it on the podcast. I'm sure I've told you this before, but I only heard my dad say uh, uh, the uh, the uh, he 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 seldom swore, mm-hmm. and uh, but I I heard him. He hit his head. He hit his. He was at his workbench and hit his thumb with a hammer in the basement when I was in the basement once, and heard him, uh, heard him uh, deliver the nuclear swear word that uh, I'd never heard from him before or since. Mm. So I think that's uh, it's an appropriate use of it. Yes, hitting yourself with a hammer. Yeah. Yes. And that and that uh, that word is buried within the uh, the. the uh, header of this next email from Marty from Kansas, our resident Aussie rules enthusiast, and she writes, Team Mofa. Dear Rebecca and Steve, as a member of Team Mofa, like Rebecca, I rarely, if ever, regret missing out on parties or other such events. This, this was, your, you're the opposite of FOMO. You don't have a fear of missing out. You, have a, you, you have a fear of, of joining in. I guess that would be FOGI, right? In fact, my teaching colleagues agree that my coded distress text to let people secretly know if there is something wrong would be I can't wait to see, insert popular musician, live at Arrowhead Stadium. <laughs> so, you know, when people say, you know, how would we know if you were ever yes. uh, abducted or something, you would send a, a coded text and we would know something was wrong. So in Marty's case, it would be, I can't wait to see Harry Styles live at Arrowhead Stadium. If they received that text, they would immediately know that something is up. To answer your question from a couple of episodes ago, dubious, uh, I'm dubious, Dubois, Wyoming, where I grew up, I read that as dubious. Dubois, Wyoming, where I grew up, is not pronounced like a French name, but instead rhymes with Sioux boys. So I've already blown it. Dubois. Dubois, Wyoming, is not pronounced like a French name, but instead rhymes with Sioux boys. So it's not dubious at all. It's Dubois. It's not dubious. It's not Dubois. It's Dubois. It may du be boys. dubious also, but that would be with a lowercase d. Finally, for my Australian rules football update, with five weeks left of the regular season, there are currently 10 clubs with a reasonable chance of vying for the final four playoff spots on the ladder. Eight teams make the finals. The Adelaide Crows have an outside chance if they can pull off at least one upset. Continued well wishes to DGS Marty with a D from Kansas, our resident Aussie rules enthusiast. So I imagine uh, uh, the, the Aussie rules playoff picture is a little clearer now since this came in on July 28th. Adina writes, I hope this finds you well. This is unrelated to your podcast, which does give me hours of entertainment and my cat enjoys it as well. Thank you. Dina, that's nice to hear. Um, I thought you might be able to pass on my frustration. Uh, when I'm so psyched to watch a Liberty game that is being played in LA, I tune in and they have it blocked out. I live in Bethany, Connecticut, which is north of New Haven. And I could understand maybe blocking the game if the game were being played in New York. Even that seems nuts. We're talking about like blackout restrictions, right? Yeah, I think the uh, it, it, when it, did it, this one come in? This one came in uh, August second. Uh, yeah, because on July thirtieth, New York played. Yeah, Adelaide. they had a lot that of was on games, ESPN. Yeah, this is in LA. I think when this New York is was in LA. LA. 
um, yesterday, right? I, uh, yeah, that is August 3rd. I know this drives me nuts with baseball. I mean, so it was blacked out probably on the Yes Network? The baseball restrictions are, are incomprehensible and, and yeah. uh, self-defeating. I hate the blackout restrictions too. Sometimes we have to deal with them as well. And um, especially with a sport like the WNBA where we're not turning fans away. We... <laughs> We want and need every fan we can get. It 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 never makes sense to me to have blackout restrictions um, that doesn't allow a, a fan to watch their hometown team. And finally, a hitting cleanup. Um, the great Dr. Gary Siegel. We are actually have, we were off for a week, just through what inertia, I guess. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, no, there was traveling and stuff involved, but yeah. Well, whatever. There was but no, we were no, no, um, n- nothing but uh, we just didn't get around to doing it. Mm-hmm. But Dr. Siegel um, has sent uh, consecutive Monday night reports, as is his habit. So we're grateful to him as always. And the first one coming from uh, two Mondays ago, 10 days ago now, as we record this, says, uh, uh, and it's um, what's what would be? It's not enumerated because it's it's alphabetized. I guess his his bullet points. And I'm behind the pod. He writes, um, and then he gets right into it. A, Mrs. Mrs. DGS, who is sixty two inches tall, and I am seventy inches tall, uh, and one hundred and seventy pounds, is maneuvering me around with with Doctor ETS, who. Uh, has been incredibly helpful and returned tonight to be replaced by his younger sister in a couple of nights. He writes, uh, I'm behind in the pot and have limited mobility. Uh, so Dr. ETS, of course, is uh, Dr. DGS. Well, Dr. DGS is redundant because the D in DGS, of course, is doctor, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so Dr. ETS has returned. Uh, Mrs. DGS, uh, they're helping Dr. Dr. They're helping Dr. Siegel with his mobility. B, my brother-in-law and sister have also been extremely supportive. Um, of course, he has great family support. And, um, you know, we just want to reiterate all the support he has from the, the B and C family as well. Mm-hmm. C, sporting events. We have watched uh, the Braves lose three to Arizona and come back with three wins at Milwaukee. The Braves, Rebecca, if you're not following it, looked like the best team in baseball this year. I'm not following it, so that's well, uh, helpful to know. Yeah. Um, D, women's FIFA football from Down Under was excellent. Uh, yes, that's been so enjoyable, the Women's World Cup. Uh, our daughter, unbeknownst to us, got up at 3 a.m. to watch uh, the U.S. The U.S.'s a scoreless draw. What was it on Tuesday night, Tuesday morning? Well, this was the – so I, Tuesday I was going to the Mohegan Sun to call a WNBA game. And Connecticut – hosting the Minnesota Lynx, two teams that our daughter loves. And I don't know why I hadn't thought of it prior to that, but I go in her room Tuesday morning. I wake her up and I said, if you can be ready in the next 15 minutes, do you want to come with me um, to come down? I, I have to go to the practices, but we can go to the game. And she's like, uh, yes. So then when we're in the car on the drive, I say to her um, something about the Women's World Cup game because I'd read a recap of it. And I said, I said, did you see what happened? And she's like, oh, Rose Lavelle got her second yellow card. She's going to miss the next game. I said, yeah. So I assumed she was like getting the alerts that she yeah. gets or whatever. Doesn't say a word to me. And then later on in the day, when we're like getting ready for the game and Ryan Rucco, who was calling the game with me, said something about the game. And she just looked at him and said, yeah, I got up and watched it. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, What? No wonder you were, seemed a little bit groggy when I shook well, you awake. This hopefully, morning. their 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 first game in the knockout round of sixteen is at five a.m. So, which is that'll be a little better, right? A little better, yeah. Uh, e Formula One report writes Doctor Siegel, home of motor racing Silverstone in the UK. A Max Verstappen ran away from pole setter Lewis Hamilton, a seven time champ who has not been in uh, in pole in quite a while. His Mercedes outperformed, and the McLarens uh, performed very nicely. And the French Alpines collided on lap one to head to a double DNF. Did not finish, Rebecca. I just asked her for it, and that was coming for the team. Was under new management for the second or third time in the last month. So Dr. Siegel staying on top of uh, F1. and F1 and FIFA. We've had an Aussie Rules football update, an F1 update. Mm -hmm. 
and, and we delivered the FIFA update. Yes. Gee, I think people are probably following the Women's World Cup. Yeah, um, I think maybe. Um, F, streaming shows include uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Jack Ryan, and Yellowstone Season 5. We've not uh, seen any of those. Well, we've not seen any of anything, but... Uh, but, uh, but in particular, not those. <laughs> no, right. We, we haven't specifically seen haven't seen Star Trek Strange New World. Is it Star Trek, Star Trek colon Strange New Worlds? Or is that, a, is that a separate show and he missed a comma? I don't know. I'm guessing it's Star Trek Strange New Worlds, as he wrote. Jack Ryan. Are you really questioning whether or not he missed a comma? No, no, no. I'm asking is Star Trek. Of course, it's Star Trek Strange New Worlds, right? I don't know. It must be because it, when he, I, I, what I'm asking is I don't think Dr. Siegel is binge watching the original Star Trek which was the only... It's Star Trek colon. Strange New Worlds. Strange New World. Okay. Uh, new Worlds. New Worlds. Jack Ryan, of course. Is that um, uh, John Krasinski? Is Jack so, Ryan? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Yellowstone. Yellowstone is, gets a lot of hype. It's Kevin Costner's in that, right? I think so. G, pardon any typographical errors and wrong words as I'm using voice dictation as I don't have good coordination to type coherently. I, the, 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 uh, there are no typos. And um, and it's amazing that he's he's sending these uh, yes. Monday night reports as ever. We do appreciate it, Doctor Siegel H. I'm sure I've forgotten many things. All the best, Gary. Uh, thank you so much. That that uh, email is headed like so many of his uh, a Monday night report. And finally, our our last email is our second weekly report from Doctor Siegel for the week that we were off. So this is Doctor Siegel. Batting directly behind Doctor Siegel, protecting him in in the order. This is a this is a true murderer's row uh, for the for the Atlanta Braves. Dear Stephen and Rebecca, writes DGS. I'm sorry this note is a bit late, and Mrs. DGS is doing the typing. Well, first of all, uh, God bless Mrs. DGS too. Um, yes, this has been added to her added to her duties. So we do appreciate it. One, we have lots of Chick-fil-A within a mile of our house, and they have great napkins. Mrs. DGS puts a Vanity Fair napkin under the Chick-fil-A napkin when we eat in the car. <laughs> the Vanity Fair napkins, those are a thing. Those are great. Um, we had two Chick-fil-A sauces in our in our uh, refrigerator. I, I like, made Not the little ones that you get at the restaurant, but the big bottles you yeah, get at yeah. the grocery uh, store. I made Rhapsody in Beige for dinner the other night. You weren't here, and, and that consisted mainly of... Uh, chicken strips, Purdue chicken cutlet, chicken finger kind of things, breaded. Mm -hmm. And her son uh, had a bunch of them and got out the Chick-fil-A sauce and he said it was of a a different hue than he was uh, normally associated with Chick-fil-A sauce. And he saw that it it was best before, I think it was March of 2022. Oof. So. um, That's gross. Well, it was probably fine, but he didn't use it. Yeah, it probably was fine actually. Two, thanks to Coach D, Tim, and Pat for remembering me. Um, lots of people are thinking of you, Dr. Siegel. Three, TV watched. Lots of Braves games, women's soccer, law and order. Law and order, that is one we've at least seen an episode here and there. I mean, law and order is pretty ubiquitous. It, I mean, there must be there must be uh, several hundred episodes of law and order, at least, wouldn't you say? I mean, I'm not talking about SVU and whatever the other spinoffs are, but but of just the original Law and Order, right? I'm looking it up right this very second because you've piqued my curiosity. You know what I saw? 456. Wow. You know what I saw today while folding laundry? What? An absorbing episode of, I couldn't watch the whole thing because it's an hour long, of Emergency. Oh, I loved that show as a kid. And it was great. And, and the Johnny themes- Johnny Gage. Yeah, John yeah. Gage and yeah. something Roy. Yeah. And uh, Randolph Mantooth. Yes. And and I didn't. I just noticed in the in the opening credits, uh, the theme song was by Nelson Riddle, who was you know uh, always arranging stuff for Frank Sinatra because Frank name dropped him on every other live concert. Uh, Nelson Riddle, Nelson Riddle and his orchestra. I can't anyway. Um, well, just as an aside, Law and Order, four hundred and fifty six episodes. Law and Order SVU, five hundred and thirty eight episodes. Eighty more. Wow. Interesting. Dick Wolf created all those shows, right? He's you think that guy's got a few bucks? I would hope. He's 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 your uh, spiritual kin as a as true. Lobo Wolf yes, Lobo. That's true. Four new drug names discovered while watching TV. Now, uh, uh, 
the TV that we tend to watch now at this age has lots of uh, big pharma uh, ads. So watching TV, Skyrizzy, Otesla, Ozempic, Trilogy, and I've never heard of these last two, Rebecca, Nonative, N-O-N-N-A-T-I-V, and Caplita, or Caplita, C-A-P-L-Y-T-A. It's got, what do you think? Caplita, Caplita. I wonder what it is. The OOO Ozempic, uh, of course, I just saw a commercial for that the other day, and it said not intended as a weight loss drug because that's the big uh, that's what, how craze now, right? Using it, yeah. Whatever it is intended for, I know those people who need it are have, finding it hard to get because people are treating it as like a weight loss drug. Oh, really? That's what I've read, Rebecca. Hmm. Five, Mrs. DGS and the children and my brother-in-law have been tremendously helpful as my, my mobility has been limited. Uh, six friends and family are participating are participating in a meal train to keep us fed. So, um, so that's the update from Dr. Siegel. Um, so many of you, both in viewer mail and offline and via text and other means, have have asked about him, and uh, we do appreciate Dr. Siegel everything you've done for the podcast and keeping us uh, up to date. Yes. Do you have anything else for today, Rebecca? I don't have anything else for today. So to Denny Gallagher, thank well, you. Know, I, will, I will say this. Dr. Yes. Siegel has me rooting for the Braves. Well, Something I'll that root I, for the Braves too. Why not? Why not? Let's all root for the Braves. That brings that, him that, that may be, that happiness may... to watch the Braves win their games. But I, 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 don't know that, uh, I don't know that some of our listeners um, can, uh, can bring themselves to switch their allegiances but just, just for the remainder of this season but it, it, i mean the, the braves are looking uh, really good this year anything else i already asked you that nothing else right nothing else Tom. dr siegel writes all the Ooh. best gary we wish all dr siegel all the best and uh denny gallagher tom dickhari play us out Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and ambiguous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.